Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. What does it mean to be a courageous leader? This is a question that has been flowing through my mind over the last month and a half. What does it mean to be a courageous leader? As I've thought about this question, we've had a number of extremely high profile and extremely disturbing stories in the news where it becomes clear to me that this question is one that everyone should be asking them, particularly people who are in leadership roles, people who are aspiring to be leaders, to ask the question, what does it mean to be a courageous leader? I'm not even sure that people think about this as a question as it relates to leadership. And the reason I say that is I see a lot of examples where understanding what is really truly required of people who have a leadership role or a title in which they are they have the responsibilities of leadership. I just don't see a lot of examples of the kind of leadership that is necessary. I don't see a lot of public examples, I should say, of the kind of leadership that is necessary. So what does it mean to me to be a courageous leader? I think one is you have to have some sort of personal principles or values, something that is a touchstone, something that you come back to no matter how difficult a decision is or no matter how difficult circumstances are, that there's a set of principles, there's a set of values that always, always, always are your true guides. And that no matter what, you will always come back to those principles. And those principles have a lot to do with responsibility. They have a lot to do with what are the responsibilities that I have as a leader. I think one of the other things to consider is that there's a huge difference between courage and heroism. So to be a hero is sort of like you, you know, come into a situation and you're, you know, through your sheer force of physical prowess, you know, you save the day. Now, I don't think courage is about that. I think courage is standing up and using your voice in particular or applying your principles when it's actually the least convenient, when it has potentially the greatest cost. That takes courage, right? I think courage is also about the ability to persevere because you have that set of principles or values that really are not changing. If someone offers you a million dollars to turn and look the other way when something clearly is wrong, you would have a set of values or principles that you would go to that would be your guide, whatever those be for you. And that no matter, even if you desperately needed a million dollars to 
take care of your family, that you actually would activate those principles or those values and turn away and say no. That's an example of courage. I don't think courage is about physical strength, as I said before. I think sometimes heroism is about doing something that is above and beyond, but it has a lot to do with physical strength. It has a lot to do with um, being able to survive in you know, the most horrific conditions and to be able to bring people along with you or bring people home in the example of military or some similar types of endeavors. But courage isn't about physical strength. I believe courage is about that moral, ethical, responsible set of principles that drive you and guide you no matter what, no matter the circumstance, no matter the conditions. So you might be asking, Jenny, why are you on this idea of what does it mean to be a courageous leader? You know, I said at the beginning, there have been some significant stories in the news, and I think I've talked about one of them, which was the January 6th committee. But the other is one that every one of us has the responsibility to really, truly understand. And that is this. 376 law enforcement officers. I want to say that again. 376 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, were paralyzed for 77 minutes. I've taken the time to watch all 77 minutes of the video, which was a hallway video, of officers in different uniforms, officers that had clearly been off duty because they were in shorts, who put on their um, their bulletproof vests, had their all of their gear, their weapons, everything, but that they stood in a hallway for 77 minutes waiting waiting while in a room and a hallway and in a room down the hall a young person with weapons and multiple rounds was slaughtering children and adults but what shocked me and i can't even say it shocked me what enraged me shocked me really crushed me was a recent news story that said 376 officers had responded to the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, Robb Elementary School. 376 people who had the opportunity to save lives didn't. They didn't for 77 minutes. And during that 77 minutes, Probably more children who could have maybe had life-saving um, first aid given to them, they died. So I watched the video. There's a hallway. Um, there was a camera that sort of watched, uh, uh, you know, three angles. And I watched these mostly men. I don't know if there are any women, but men in, men in uniform, law enforcement officers who quite literally just kept running past each other, gesturing wildly, looking like they were doing something. But in fact, it became very clear very, very quickly that nobody had any leadership. There was a complete absence of leadership. And as I've watched this video several times, I keep coming back to, 
What does it mean to be a courageous leader? What does it mean to be a courageous leader? And as I watched the video and I've since read several news stories, this question comes back to me. I am positive that there were probably some folks who'd been on the been in law enforcement many years, some folks who might have been new to law enforcement. Um, but there were clearly there was clearly enough firepower to have disabled or killed the shooter. But nobody did anything for 77 minutes. They did a lot of gesturing, they did a lot of actions, but nobody did anything. And I have thought a lot about courageous leadership. What does it take? What does it mean? And what may have been happening in the in these officers' minds? What 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 might have been happening? And I think one of the things that courageous leadership or the opportunity to be courageous, what it hits up to, what it bumps into, is a couple of considerations. I'll call these kind of personal and professional considerations. So one consideration is, will I lose my reputation? If I stand and use my voice or I command or demand a certain set of actions or movement or galvanize, in this case, a lack of leadership, if I stood up and said, we have to do this and then actually led it, whatever that action would be, the consideration is a loss of reputation. A second consideration is a loss of status. So could I be fired if I stood up and went against the commander or the person who should have been commanding the scene? Will I be banished from my, um, from my community if I stand up and take action um, outside of even what I'm required or supposed to take based on my title or my role? I think another consideration is loss of money. How will this financially affect me? And that has a lot to do with, will I lose my job? Could I be sued? Could there be some financial penalty to myself or my family? That's a consideration. And that particular consideration keeps a lot of us frozen in place and not taking any forward action. A loss of power is another consideration. Will Will I, you know, will I be demoted? Will I lose the opportunity to continue to be the chief of staff? Will I lose the opportunity to continue to be the police chief? Will I lose some level of my power that I have very much enjoyed? I think another consideration that keeps people from being courageous in their leadership is a loss of belonging. Will I lose the opportunity to belong to this particular in-group? I think we see this a lot in politics. Will I no longer be able to belong to this party? We see this a lot uh, in recent times for those Republicans who have stood up against former President Trump. We have seen this kind of um, isolation and demonization, really. And so a consideration of why people won't step up to be courageous in their leadership is a loss of belonging. And then finally, one that I think of is a loss of influence, which kind of all goes together with a loss of belonging. The political example is is one that's very true. We've seen now, or I have seen through the January 6th committee, a lot of people who I think were really concerned with losing influence. And so they stayed silent in the face of a series of events that demanded 
absolutely demanded courageous leadership, but they felt that they would lose influence, lose belonging, lose power, lose lose all of the things that we have been conditioned to know and believe are the most important things that we should hang on to. And so where does all this take us? I think as I look at the, um, the events in Uvalde, and I think about the profound impact that one person, one person could have had, had he or she said, we must go in and disarm, disable, or kill the shooter. We must do it at the potential loss of our own lives. But we have so many of us that we must do this. And that act, that the, the, the opportunity to act when no clear leadership existed is something that we must all wrestle with. Like, I'm not saying that this is easy, but I use in, and think about the Uvalde um, tragedy. It's a horrific tragedy. 376 officers waited for 77 minutes for four other people who were driving from a far distance to come and take action. 376 people, law enforcement, who had the ability to stop the tragic loss of life, waited 77 minutes for four people or five people to show up from a very distant town. I think another thing that's really important to be able to act and be act in a courageous way is to confront the terror and the fear that we may feel. All those considerations, will I lose my job? Will I be sued? Will I uh, lose belonging? Will I no longer be part of this group? Like all of those things, we have to confront the terror of that loss and the fear of that possible loss, because actually we don't know whether we would lose it. We don't know what's on the other side of it. We create the idea and the image of things that could, that we could lose, but we have to confront that, uh, confront that in order to act courageously. We have to understand, to act and be a courageous leader, we must understand our own internal struggle with those considerations, the loss of belonging, the loss of money, the loss of influence, the loss of uh, impact. We have to confront that internal struggle and do what is right, do what is principled for the particular situation we're faced with. And I say this because I, I, I firmly believe that we all, every one of us in a leadership role will be at some point confronted with that opportunity where we have to step forward and be courageous, or we can stay silent and allow things that are hurting other people, that are damaging, you know, principles, that are damaging the way of, a way of life, that I think all of us at some point will be confronted with that. And it's understanding and, and confronting that internal struggle. And then stepping into and touching the principles that are unchanging no matter what the circumstance is, that we go to that principle of taking, the, taking action when it's scary, when, it's, when we may lose, but still taking action anyway. I think another element of exercising and becoming or being a courageous leader is to use your voice 
I think your voices, our voices are our most powerful tool. So use our voices to be able to highlight when something is not right or to catapult people to action when it is clear that things around us are being demolished, people are being destroyed, and for no other reason than maybe an ego or for no other reason than a whole group of people are terrified, paralyzed maybe to take action. But when we recognize it, I believe we have a responsibility to use our voice. And the other, the other element that I think is so important is to act even in the midst of groupthink. And I've talked about this before. Like when people are all saying that we have to do this a particular way. So 376 police officers with all kinds of training stood by because they had been trained to wait for someone to take command of the scene. The person who should have been commanding the scene had abdicated his role for whatever reason. But in the midst of that group think, somebody needed to say, we have to take action. I'm going to take action. Listen, you know, person one, two, three, four, five, get behind me. Let's go do this. Knowing that potentially they could lose their lives. That is courage. That is being able to confront potentially your own loss of life, potentially your loss of reputation, your loss of money, your loss of influence, your loss of impact, your loss of, of even your job, to be able to confront that and still take action and have principles that back up why you took the action. That's the one thing that, I, that bothers me so much is that in the case of Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, is that somehow, whether it was group think or group training, it stopped. I know there had to be people, people in uniform, officers who could have done something different. I know somebody had to been thinking, I should probably step up and take control of this situation. But I believe, unfortunately, our environment now doesn't celebrate courage. Our environment celebrates silence. Our environment celebrates power and maintaining power, maintaining, maintaining our influence over doing what is right, taking personal ownership, taking personal ownership when we see where something is truly wrong. So I share because I think that each of us has a responsibility to really reflect, are these personal, are these personal or professional considerations stopping me from taking courageous action? Are they stopping me from being a courageous leader? I think we need to ask more of these questions. We need to challenge ourselves. We need to challenge the leaders around us. Because if we don't, if we don't, we will have another situation where maybe 400 or 500 people or an entire country sat around and watched something go tragically wrong, but fall back on those considerations that kept 
people from taking courageous action or stepping forward as courageous leaders. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. This is something I've been really, really, really struggling with, frankly, because it's so nuanced. But I think our country has becoming so nuanced and that people who do the right things and that to me, the right things are where we're protecting and helping everybody, regardless of gender, race, sexual orientation, political affiliation, that we're doing things that are in the best interest of everyone. Or in the case of Uvalde, we're stepping in when we could potentially lose our lives. And I don't say that as someone who's a former United States Marine, I don't say that um, with, you know, sort of tongue in cheek. It's real. It's a real consideration. But I just wonder what would have happened if one or five officers of the 376, if in minute three, they would have realized that somebody needed to take courageous action and stand as a courageous leader and not worry about the consequences or the considerations that may have stopped people from acting. How many lives might have been saved? How many lives might have been saved? That's the question. So what does it mean to be a courageous leader? Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.